Welcome to the Behavior Speak podcast. Now, here's your host, Ben Ryman. Welcome to another episode of the Behavior Speak podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ben Ryman. On the podcast today, we have Kelly Baird. Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, hi, Ben. Yeah, I want to sincerely thank you for the opportunity to be a guest on your podcast and shed light on MOBAC, the Missouri Black Behavior Analysis Community. My primary primary objective is to bring attention to MOBAC and to underscore my belief that Missouri is in an exciting position to bring about meaningful change. And I aspire for Missouri to lead the way. We have an abundance of exceptionally talented, compassionate people in Missouri who share the same values and are dedicated to making a difference. So I'll try to highlight as many as I can during the podcast. That's within a group and outside, really. Um, Through Mobach, I hope to fill in some of the gaps and contribute to establishing Missouri as prominent hub for exceptional ABA clinicians and robust support systems. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, before we dive into all that, I just want to acknowledge that I'm producing this podcast on the territories of the Klehus, Homoko, Comox, and Kla'aman First Nations, uh, who were part of the Coast Salish people kind of on the west coast of Canada and the U.S., and were living boundaryless and borderless before we uh, colonists came in and separated them into reserves and and did lots and lots of nasty things. But I'm uh, grateful to be able to be here and uh, learn and uh, learn from the land and grow on the land. And uh, yeah, happy to happy to have the space. Um, before we kind of get into Mobach and uh, all the cool things going on on there, I wouldn't mind just kind of learning a little bit about you, kind of how you got into the field of ABA, kind of your, your origin story and, and uh, what yeah. to where you're doing now? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am a board certified behavior analyst, a licensed behavior analyst, and a certified clinical trauma specialist. I am the president of uh, MOBAC, and that's the Missouri Black Behavior Analysis Community. Um, and that went public on World Behavior Analysis Day, March 20th of this year. Um, <clears throat> so how I got into the field, I've been... Working in the field of intellectual, I'm sorry, (laughs) the field of intellectual developmental disabilities and mental illness, that's IDD and MI, Hmm. for approximately 15 years. My focus has been on providing support to adults with dual diagnoses in residential settings. These settings are typically located in regular neighborhoods to promote inclusion. What sets these living arrangements apart is the presence of direct support staff who assist with daily tasks and help individuals achieve the goals outlined in their support plans. The specific goals can vary depending on the level of care needed and may include vocational aspirations such as finding and keeping a job, financial management, meal planning, grocery shopping, cooking, clothing shopping, integrating into the community, by participating in work and school, making friends, and developing and maintaining relationships with others in the community. I I currently work for the Missouri Department of Mental Health and the within the state operated program sector. These are essentially residential facilities that house and support adult IDDMI populations. I I have a great boss. 
that is supportive in nature. And uh, he's the director of behavior services over the Eastern region of Missouri, as Paul Veneziano. Uh, he's a behavior analyst. I like working for the Department of Mental Health. Uh, they acknowledge and support ABA. I'm surrounded by a team of behavior analysts um, to bounce ideas off of. I love that. Um, well, while I'm at it, I'd like to express my appreciation for um, a colleague, Teresa Roberts, who uh, currently serves as the Behavior Services and Crisis Coordinator for the state operated mm -hmm. programs. Um, she is, Teresa is an exceptional behavior analyst. She deserves recognition for her advocacy of client rights. Uh, she reminds us to remain mindful that even the smallest things we often overlook might seem as a restriction on individual rights. Uh, she's taken the lead in championing awesome. initiatives, yeah, that that uphold client rights within the state. I, I do truly value her um, her dedication and perseverance with that. Additionally, I did have the privilege of working together with her at a previous agency, and that's the Developmental Disabilities Resource Board. Uh, we were also part of the same behavior analysis program cohort during our I'm in school, and uh, again, like I greatly value Teresa's um, commitment and uh, the shared experience we have throughout professional journey. But regarding how I entered the field of applied behavior analysis or behavior analysis in general, um, some of the individuals I supported had behavior support plans incorporated in their person-centered plans. For instance, Let's imagine I'm assigned to work with a client who has a history of displaying aggressive behaviors like punching, kicking, or scratching people, and they're unable to immediately obtain what they desire. Instead of directly stating, I want to go to Mexico right now, if we don't, I'll harm you, um, which is not feasible if we're currently in Missouri, uh, the client would explore alternative options such as taking a virtual reality trip. Um, behavior support plans aim to assist the client and caregivers in achieving client-specific goals. So several years ago, I collaborated with a client who had a behavior support plan, and I vividly recall encountering Dr. John uh, Gershio, mm. uh, whom I'll refer to as Dr. John G. Um, he is a highly respected professional leader in the field of ABA and holds a BCBAD designation. Um, he presented over 100 behavioral conferences, uh, authored numerous articles, and contributed to several book chapters. He previously served as the president of the Missouri Association for Behavior Analysis, as mm -hmm. Moaba, and um, likely maintains an active role in some capacity there right now. Um, in addition to all the other engagements he's doing. Uh, so when I first met Dr. John G, I was impressed by his professionalism. He was, impecc he was impeccably dressed uh, in slacks and a button-up shirt and a tie, and his enthusiastic personality radiated positive energy, and that greatly appealed to me. Um, despite any challenges he faced, he just maintained a positive attitude. And one day, I expressed my admiration for his work, and he encouraged me to pursue a career in behavior analysis. Hmm. So essentially, Dr. John G. was the behavior analyst who inspired me to become one as well, and I'm grateful for his influence. Um, awesome. But then, yes. So it's uh, so uh, 
Dr. Maggie Pavone, she's another great behavior analyst in Missouri. She's making significant contributions to our field. Mm-hmm. She played a pivotal role in accepting me into the behavior analysis program at Lindenwood University in the fall of 2019, uh, where she serves as the program lead. Our cohort was distinctive, uh, starting off larger than the previous cohorts. And while I cannot provide a definitive answer, it may be attributed to the increased dissemination of our science and the diverse makeup of our cohort. Mm-hmm. We had the privilege of having professors from diverse backgrounds, including uh, one of our founding members, that's uh, Sharday Rigdon, <laughs> like to acknowledge, of course. Uh, I attribute this variability and reach to Dr. Maggie Pavone. I'm very grateful for the opportunity she provided me. Um, during my first semester in the behavior analysis program, Dr. Maggie Pavone, uh, Proved to be a valuable resource. She encouraged our cohort to join a Facebook group called ADA Study Group. It's by Ashley Michael, a fellow mm. behavior analyst. Uh, this platform around uh, allowed me to connect with other behavior analysts and expand my professional network. Um, I noticed that Dr. Maggie Pavon had connections with many other behavior analysts, professionals, and, uh, and I admired for modeling such behavior, and that inspired me to do the same. Um, And through that ADA study group, I formed a lot of connections with other behavior analysts, um, including Celia Heyman. And she's the one that created the Celia Mox and another influential person. Mm. Um, Yeah, but I'll kind of stop there. That's that's a good spot. So, wow, lots going on. So you were doing, so you're doing, were you doing residential? You said you've been doing residential for 15 years. How long were you doing residential before you met John and started uh, thinking about going into ABA? Goodness, good question. Maybe. Give or take, but not be exact. Well, I'd say around five years. Okay. Maybe, maybe around, maybe seven years. That's a good question because I've been been in the field for so long. I ran into him and then he told me about, I learned about ABA or at least I knew that that existed around that time. And then years later, fast forward, I ended up uh, getting into a program. I was a case manager at BDRB. That's the Developmental Disabilities Resource Board. That was where um, I advocated for a lot of uh, services, coordinated services for adults with um, with IDD. And I noticed that a lot of our clients needed behavioral supports, and Mm. they were on wait lists. And I knew that there was a need, like a very high need for behavioral supports. And that's when I decided that I wanted to get into it and applied at Lindenwood University. So did you have like, when when you were working at this place, did was there, like, I'm just kind of curious because I, I have sort of a similar sort of story in, in the terms of I started in kind of working in residential and and that's where I found ABA too. And that's kind of how I kind of moved in and so on. And so I'm curious sort of 
what what what's the work you were doing sort of pre-ABA and 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 I'm curious sort of how you know getting into ABA you know changed that work pre-ABA I started off as a direct support professional yep I did the frontline work working with adults with MI and IDD yeah yeah, yeah. and so our clients that we worked alongside had person-centered plans. Mm. Um, at that time, I'm pretty sure that other plans included behavior support plans, but mm. I did not, I I couldn't distinguish or sure. Uh, I couldn't distinguish between like what what's the difference? It's a centered, it's a person-centered plan. Um, right. I couldn't make that distinction between those there's a breakdown and how to support yeah, yeah, yeah. all of it to me at that point was the level of supports. And I don't recall, uh, you know, we might have team meetings and perhaps there was a behavior analyst within the team when we had team meetings. Again, I was a direct support professional, um, not too much heavily involved in the admin side and creating the plans or anything like that. Although it is something that, I'd say it's important, mm. <laughs> um, but that is how, uh, that's how I started. And that began um, when I was really young and a friend of mine had just said, hey, why don't you apply to this, this uh, location? I, I guess I can play some life skills. Right. Uh, it's, it's not life skills anymore. It's called Easter Seals. It, they changed their names. Um, yeah. But, I I applied and I didn't even know about the field at all. Mm-hmm. I just knew that once I started, I liked it because we were working with adults. We were also going out into the community. We were going bowling. We were going shopping, going to restaurants, going to the movies. The clients were very enjoyable to work with. Uh, they get their hair and their nails done and all of that. And, I was thinking, wow, we're getting paid to do this. It was just, it was just a very good experience for me hmm. um, when I got into the field. Yeah, right on. And so, so before you got into ABA, were you you were you were doing this case manager stuff? Correct. Right yeah. before, right beforehand. And then once, you, as you got into ABA, were you still working for these folks and like going to school? Yes. So initially, initially, so during the first semester, I was still at DDRB. Um, unfortunately, I had to leave DDRB because I needed to collect field work hours, get that in that experience. Um, and honestly, DDRB was just one of those places that had this very good, healthy work environment when I first started there. And I think maybe that's where the, I I love connecting with people and all of that. And this might be the employer that started that because when I first got hired, um, I ended up getting so many Facebook requests from coworkers. And I'm like, this is strange. What is this? Um, But I ended up connecting with all of them. And I guess maybe that was a recipe how I uh, just intertwined um, work and life and 
make friends and connections and all of that stuff, that kind of way. Um, so this was a place, and again, like a, this is where uh, Teresa and I worked at one point together. When I left, I cried. Um, like I literally cried like boohoo tears because I did not want to leave such a great place. Uh, Peg Carpo was the executive director there. And on my last day, I told her, I was like, I really don't want to leave, but I have to, I have to do this for, you know, so I can graduate and get this experience and everything. I really love this place. And she was the one that told me, well, whatever you like from here, take it with you and make it happen wherever you're at, basically. And I took that. I took that advice. Um, so anything good that I get from places, I I hope to take it elsewhere. Um, that connection piece and that good, like that healthy, very supportive community type environment, I enjoy. Right on, right on. And uh, so, uh, yeah. Good stuff. So you end up doing your field. Where did you do your field work in? In still in that kind of residential setting, though. No, unfortunately, no, no, I did not. Um, so that was a tough one. I I ended up working in a clinic for children with autism, um, and I give a shout out to uh, Lisa Gilbertson. Uh, mm -hmm. He he is the co owner with her husband, um, Applied Behavior Services. It's a very uh, good place for kids with uh, with autism. Um, he figured out a lot of support systems there, the clients, the staff, um, the safety there is just paramount. Hmm. The, the community aspect is there. Uh, there's this feeling of family. It's just really good camaraderie there. And uh, I really enjoy, I enjoyed my experience there. Awesome. Right on. Um, okay, cool. And then. Um, well, I, I, yeah. I, let me add on about. Yeah, please. Lisa. Again, like I, I do treasure my field work experience. I believe it played an instrumental role in shaping me into the professional that I am today. You know, field work experiences vary for individuals, and I'm very grateful of uh, for mine. And I had the privilege to be part of one of the most outstanding ABA clinics. <laughs> Again, that's. Um, I don't know, like Lisa's dedication has led to the establishment of three clinics in St. Charles County, um, Missouri. And our newest clinic opened last year in Wentzville, Mississippi, in St. Charles County. Um, she's cultivated a welcoming work environment where children, families, and staff are treated with the utmost respect and um, just Witnessing the progress of numerous children at our clinic has been truly inspiring. Um, and again, it's a place that I would confidently recommend to other families in need. Um, her expertise in ABA and her commitment to helping families achieve the goals uh, uh, that they have is just 
it's just something to mention. And I wish her, the clinic, the clinicians, and the families all the best in their endeavors. I'm also grateful that I was at that clinic where I had the opportunity to meet my first fieldwork supervisor, mm -hmm. and Madeline Burke, another great behavior analyst. I, there's just so many great people in Missouri. Mm -hmm. um, she's been in like an, yeah, so she's been an incredibly supportive presence throughout my career. Mm -hmm. uh, she, Madeline currently holds the position of the president at Moaba, again, a Missouri Association of right. Behavior right. Analysis. And she's the director for uh, the patient experience at Southeast Health. And I'm fortunate to have crossed paths with her and continue to benefit from her support. Right on. You also talked about having this sort of trauma certification. Tell me about that. What's that about? Yeah, it was uh, actually it was something that. Um, so Brian Meldon. Um, after the Moaba conference that took place, I believe that took place in November. That was where we connected in person. And um, afterwards, um, we kept in touch, although I believe I was following him beforehand because of the bearded behaviorist. Um, and he, he connected me with other behavior analysts and professionals. And um, I noticed uh, that credential with one of the behavior analysts or professionals. I'm not 100% sure if she's a behavior analyst, she might be. Yeah, yeah. But she holds that same credential and I asked her about it and uh, she told me uh, that she got it from the, the Arizona Institutional, uh, the Arizona Institute. And I looked into it she said it was a great experience for her. It was uh, an online experience. They also have in person. Mm. And so I thought it was something to look into at that time. So I did. And um, I just think that we also need to have a lens about trauma and take all of that into consideration. Uh, not just for the clients, but also for professionals too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because if we don't have happy, healthy clinicians, then that, you know, we'd like to yield good outcomes uh, with supports. We just need a better level of support. We do have to keep in mind of the trauma, mm. the trauma aspect. And so I was more interested in getting into that to support staff more so than clients. I know that might sound a little weird. I think that a lot, uh, a lot of the focus is on the clients itself. However, we do need to also look at um, staff. And I, and I think that after, let's say, the, the pandemic, If you're planning on collecting continuing education credits for this episode, you'll need to enter the three secret words at www.cbiconsultants.com forward slash shop. The first secret word is Missouri. So the, the infamous 2020 shutdown with the COVID-19 pandemic and also the tragic incident with George Floyd. 
mm-hmm. and that reignited the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I think, I think, oh, well, I think the United States was kind of just in a different spot. There were, were a lot of discussions, um, just but in a different spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. COVID, all of that especially affected a lot of people, and included that includes staff and and workers. And I think we're starting to get back. Um, I think we're starting to get back to where we need to go. But I think that that was a standstill. Um, and I think people are still affected by all of that. And so that was important to look into the trauma because if we don't acknowledge and address that, then we really move forward. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, working in, I'm working in kind of adult residential care all my life. Two things I know for sure, but I think everyone listening who has worked in this area knows is one, most of the problems with a lot of these folks are because of the adults around them um, and the way the adults interact with them. Um, You know, living in residential care is not inherently a happy place to be. I mean, you you have to make it happy and you have to make it a positive place and you have to build rapport and you have to build trust and, you know, and direct support staff. I mean, as you know, I mean, I don't know what it's like in Missouri, but in my neck of the woods, they don't get paid very much. And so, uh, you know, it's often a second job for them or a third job for them. And they're often working overtime and they're often all tired and stressed. And really, you know, this is not the place they come to always they always come to sort of do their best work um uh and uh and they need some help kind of getting there and and uh so that's one thing and so that's why i think focusing on staff is so important in fact i think most adult sort of supports are really about in residential care i mean our need to start with you know getting the staff sort of you know um uh, feeling like they want to be a part of the team and want to contribute and so on and so forth so there's that and then of course Staff, of course, like you say, have their own trauma histories, and uh, and and certainly being in adult, adult adult residential care, it's not like working with the little ones. Um, when a little kid uh, hits you, you know, you can sort of stand up and walk away. But when a you know a, a large, you know, uh, adult uh, hits you, it's a whole other game. So there's that kind of sort of inherent trauma with the job. Hey. Then, yeah. But. No, I, no, I was listening. I, I said, no, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. And then so so there's that for sure. And then, you know, coupled with sort of, you know, obviously the COVID, the pandemic and all the things that kind of happened there, it's just sort of general kind of life trauma. I can totally see how, how to focus on that. But then also with adults in residential care, generally speaking, in my experience, in our neck of the woods anyway, most adult in, adults in residential care um, – have been through a whole lot of trauma themselves. Um, yes. uh, you know, both in terms of, I mean, I think there's lots of research on and, and stats on. In fact, I had a guest on by a while back that kind of shared some of the data. I think it was like episode 61 or 62, Josephine Collins, Collins out of the UK, sharing research on sort of the, you know, high incidence of abuse and neglect and whatnot in sort of adult residential care in general. And then, of course, a lot of these folks, especially the older folks, um, you know, any, anyone who's could be like maybe like four years or older these days, um, probably lived in some kind of big institution before they lived in the group home. Um, and, right. those big, and those big institutions, of course, come with, uh, you know, a whole lot of uh, 
stories of trauma and whatnot. So definitely having knowledge about trauma and uh, training in trauma, I think, you know, should almost be a requirement for everyone working in adult adult care. Yeah, I yeah, I think that is definitely something to consider. It's a lot of different components to think about with that when when you have direct support professionals, they're already gonna be the devil's advocate here. Like you said, um a lot of them are not paid a lot. They have a lot of responsibilities already piled up. Um, in many situations, they have multiple clients they are supporting at the same time. Um, they have to know their person center plans and how to support them. There's the medication aspect of uh, you have clients taking medications and um, uh, getting them just uh, getting working on their hygiene, um, working on their daily living skills. They're getting them out into the community, keeping them safe. Um, it's just a, a lot of different things. And then on top of that, there's paperwork for the staff. So this is another reason why I thought, well, shoot, we should consider all these other aspects because um, so there was a, there was a story that a DSP shared with me in the past where she was supporting, I'm not going to identify the place. Um, she was supporting, um, a client that she worked for for years. And unfortunately she witnessed the client pass away. She provided CPR to this client, witnessed all of that. Um, unfortunately, the client passed away. And um, instead of her being able to take a break and um, kind of step back at what was going on, mm. um, it, she had to do paperwork, basically, um, answer wow. questions and all of that stuff. And so I'm thinking, well, no, it's just uh, it's just something to think about. Um, there's this human aspect that we need to consider always with everybody. And I think that it's good that we're focusing on the clients. I think that is very important, clients' rights, uh, supporting them in the best way possible so that they live the most independent life possible. Um, I think what happened is that in the past, this wasn't the case for clients, they didn't have many rights, uh, or at least now we're looking at it and saying that they did not have as many rights and we've gone so laser focused on supporting clients that we kind of took a step back at supporting um, the staff. Mm. And I think we need to kind of balance that out a little more It's and identify and acknowledge that both clients and staff need a certain level of support in order to be successful. Yeah, hundred percent. That's, that's, that's crazy making. I, I, I definitely know what it feels like uh, uh, to do CPR 
and uh yeah you 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 that's it can be really traumatic especially the first time and especially on someone you know well you know i mean i've, I've had to do cpr a lot sort of in my firefighter role um but i've been relatively fortunate in the sense that i didn't really know the folks all that well but to do it on someone you know and you know who's under your care you know that's you know that, that's wild and so yeah you know i can see yeah. the need yeah and then you just from my personal experience because i i i did start off as a direct care professional and i've worked with multiple clients i have worked with clients mm. um with aggressive behavior so i am um I am a person that, you know, was, I was hit. I've been punched. I've been kicked. I've been spat at. My hair has been pulled. Um, sexual advances and, and all of that. And it's, it's one of those things where you, you know, staff needs that level of support and going back to work. For me, it was more of a norm. Now, looking back, I, I don't think I could, I wouldn't be able to accept all of that. But I think at that time, that was, that was a norm. Like, this is, this is what you signed up for. Um, it, and, it, and it was. However, it would be nice to have some other levels of supports like therapy or, um, I don't know, debriefing when stuff like that happens yeah, or more efficient, sure. more efficient debriefing, not just an incident report on um, like what happened, but also how do you feel? How how can we help you? Um, here are additional resources for you uh, mm -hmm. instead of coming into work every day, wondering if you're going to get hit or punched or something by an aggressive person that you're working sure. for every day. Yeah, it's tough stuff. And, uh, I'm glad I'm glad to see that uh you know you're doing all the right things and it sounds like there's a pretty good uh system. The states are so different when it comes to I mean I guess every state differs from another state as well but we just uh we we're, we're 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 slow to the gate when it comes to sort of um behavior support services and residential care up in my neck of the woods. We don't really have a lot of BCBAs that are sort of part of these agencies and part of these companies. It's a couple now, but you know, it's, it's still mostly, um, uh, you know, folks with really good hearts, but not a lot of training. And so, yeah, it's nice to hear how much stuff you got going on. There's just kind of segue in a bit to talk about sort of the main topic, but also talk about Missouri too. I mean, Missouri is kind of, from a lot, I mean, I think a lot from sort of starting to follow Mobach, Mo but also and and follow you and a lot of other folks. I I keep hearing more and more about Missouri. Like there's so many there's so many behavior analysts in Missouri. It seems uh, and like really and really good ones and really well known ones. Um, like you already dropped a bunch of names about folks that I've certainly heard of. You know, Doctor Crucio and Favone and others. And and uh, you know, I had uh, I've had a couple folks on on from. Um, um Dr. Dr. Belisle's lab um at I don't know what, I don't know what university he's at, but it's in Missouri doing like a bunch of act stuff and that's really cool. And and uh 
Yeah, there seems to be a lot going on in Missouri. So it, it sort of makes sense on the, on that realm uh, why you might want to kind of do what you guys did. So I, I want to know sort of, I want to kind of jump into Mobach here. And so let's get a, a bit of a history of sort of why why Mobach. Why do we need a Mobach? Why did you need a Mobach? I think that having that community aspect is really helpful. I think that that might have been a component that I needed, especially during that um, during that tough time in twenty twenty, and also um, it's just a lot of different. It's a lot of different components to that that goes on with that. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't know what you don't know unless you're involved in it. Um, I understood that at that time, I think the percentage of behavioral analysts that identified as Black back in 2020, now I can't, it was like, it's like three point, I don't want to. I don't want to give out. It, it was under four point. Well, we've seen we've seen the t-shirts the the that uh, uh, I know Quintara Tucker and her and her sister have been putting out uh, on uh, the ABA sisters. Sisters, I'm, I'm saying that wrong. Uh, but uh, Instagram page, but she's got a store and they've got the shirts with the three point nine three percent on it. So mm -hmm. uh, that's what. Okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I knew that that was a thing, and you know that that's your norm, and so. It, you don't yeah. really, this is kind of how I, I've gone about navigating and, and work and all that stuff. You just, you just don't know. This is, this is your environment. This is what you, you're working with. So I'm okay with it. But then when you know that, wow, like this is a pretty low number. So the chances of me running into a like-minded or just a similar person, uh, someone that looks like me in the field, yeah. um, won't be easy. That would be pretty rare. Uh, but luckily, I, I ran into a few. I ran into a handful, and I basically I just I just I kept with them. <laughs> like I kept up with them. I didn't let them go. Essentially, mm -hmm. so with Mobach, um, so Mobach again, Missouri Black Behavior Analysis Community is a networking group in the state of Missouri. That's for Black professionals and students within the field of applied behavior analysis. Mm. And our mission is to unite, support, and empower Black applied behavior analysis professionals and students in the state of Missouri and create a shared community that benefits all. And our vision, just want to be clear, is a supportive networking group of Black applied behavior analysis professionals and students in the state of Missouri that fosters an environment that promotes the dissemination of the science, as well as the growth and prosperity of all individuals being served. Um, and we have values. Uh, it includes community connections, collaboration, empowerment, uh, efficient processes, quality supervision and mentorship, accessibility to resources, sustainability, disseminate, safe space, validation, growth, ethical and equity. And I think when you find um, 
people with those shared values, it's uh, easy to connect. I think Mobot is a deeply rooted um, or is deeply rooted in its community values and emphasizing qualitative strength, genuine relationships, and meaningful investments that are challenging to operationally defined. Um, like, again, when you have a co cohesive group of individuals with shared values come together and genuinely enjoy each other's company, uh, the work with that becomes less like an obligation and more like a fulfilling contribution that positively impacts the community. Personally, I prioritize building connections and fostering meaningful relationships and uh, valuing rapport with others. So can you just tell me a little bit about the, the history, sort of what led up to forming it? I mean, you said you've met a few folks and tried to, to keep contact with them. What mm -hmm. uh, what led you to sort of um, what, what were that? What was sort of the, what's the history of of Mobach? How did Mobach form? Okay, well it's okay, so we can uh, kind of backtrack a little bit here with yeah. the with the twenty twenty uh, pandemic. Um, again, it was a it was an incredibly challenging time. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so again, like Dr. Maggie Pavon, being the resourceful person that she is um, and for whom I'm grateful for directed me to BABA, that's the Black Applied Behavior Analyst Inc. Um, as a valuable resource at that time. Mm -hmm. And I explored the BIBA, that's Black in Behavior Analysis Facebook group. And that's right. founded by Kat Jackson, right. um, who is also the founder of BABA. Mm -hmm. So BIBA, fosters a sense of community and I was delighted to connect with like-minded professionals there mm. and um I say when a group of people is faced with shared adversities they often unite and form connections due to their shared understanding of suffering and sure. in my case connecting with these amazing like-minded people became a source of reinforcement during that difficult time and uh, this is where I connected with many of our Mobach founding members. So, like with uh, Sen, uh, Sen McDonald, and she's a co-founder. Mm -hmm. um, she's a board-certified behavior analyst, yeah, like a co-founder, is the co-founder of uh, Mobach, played a significant role in sparking um, the idea of creating a group specifically for Black behavior analysis professionals in our state. Initially, my plan was to establish a coffee and ABA group after becoming board certified. Um, I was drawn to the idea of connecting with others already, mm -hmm. engaging in ABA discussions and staying up to date with our science. And when I shared that plan with Sen, he suggested creating something tailored to a specific group in our state. And to be honest, tackling subjects like racism, oppression, and the effort to teach the world to teach the world, I'm saying in quote, to be unbiased is an enormous and complex undertaking that can feel overwhelming yeah. and almost yeah. paralyzing. The aversive nature of calling out people and confronting these issues is just indisputable. Um, implicit mm -hmm. racism 
which is often harder to identify and prove as different from uh, explicit racism. And I don't want to like just go into that. It that encompasses the more extreme actions we witness or hear sure. about on the or whatever. And at the core, most people don't want to believe they are like prejudiced or bad individuals. That's aversive. Yep. Um, however, when in an environment or a specific group of people is considered aversive, finding solutions becomes a challenge and like behavior goes where reinforcement flows. And hmm. theoretically, people avoid aversive environments. But if they have no choice but to engage with such environments, that's where toxicity becomes a recipe for disaster. Um, so re- returning to the idea of creating a group for Black behavior analysis professionals and mm. students. Sorry. Further exploration was was conducted. Uh, again, with the only, now it's like 4.21% of right. analysts identify as Black. I Not a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah, I, I recognize the chances of collaborating with folks like myself would be rare. So yeah. simultaneously, my desire to establish a local community support system without having to travel long distances. Um, hmm. Yeah, I was already acquainted with a handful of Black behavior anal- analysts. I reached out to them and we connected through various social media platforms. We maintain regular communications. I organized meetups that helped strengthen our bonds. And during these gatherings, we expressed our desire to expand our community by reaching out to other like-minded professionals, and we took action. And so uh, just really (laughs) remarkable things happen when a group of people with shared values come together, and thus Mobach was born. Um, Going back to Sin, um, I cannot speak on behalf of Sin, hmm. now, um, but she, she is a highly respected veteran in our field of behavior analysis. And in my opinion, Sin is an incredible person possessing a free-spirited nature and a gentle soul. She hmm. tends to be reserved and values her privacy. Um, Sin is deeply analytical and reflects on matters with great depth and cherishing moments in ways that I admire. For example, when when we sit down for a meal together, I often find myself finishing the food first and mm. she's leisurely savoring each bite. And like by the time I'm done eating, she's like on her third bite, just like what's going on? And um she practices meditation. Right. She's mindful. Yeah. yeah, she practices meditation in the early morning. Um She's a mother. She exemplifies nurturing qualities and actively involves her children in various community activities. She's a great person. Her passion for our science and behavior analysis is huge. She's um, enthusiastically uh, delves into specific topics relating to our field when we're chatting and we could chat for hours at a time. Um, she thoroughly enjoys ABA literature and writing, even involving her children in writing sometimes as a hobby. Um, professionally, she's engaged in creating higher level processes and 
was incredibly supportive to others. And her mind brims with uh, with countless remarkable ideas. He truly opened my eyes to the potential of having a higher calling. Hmm. So, well, the concept of coffee and ABA is intriguing and something I may consider exploring in the future. My primary focus lies in helping uh, establish a supportive networking community for Black behavior analysis professionals in Missouri, as the need for such a community is paramount. Are you a BCBA supervisor looking to streamline your practice? Or maybe you're working towards your BCBA and need to find the right supervisor. Whomhouse offers tools that make supervision so much more enjoyable for both supervisor and supervisee. For supervisors, they offer easy meeting documentation, competency tracking, monthly verification forms, a built-in supervision curriculum, and so much more. For supervisees, Whomhouse has a fieldwork tracker with built-in auditing, monthly verification forms, a curriculum, quizzes, and more. If you're looking for a supervisor, they even have a supervision marketplace where you can connect with BCBAs until you find your perfect match, kind of like professional dating. For more information, go to whomhouse.com forward slash speak or search whomhouse on Google. There is a lack of diversity when it comes to educational material depicting black children in the field of applied behavior analysis. Human Expressions gives black and brown children realistic and detailed images of kids who look like them, modeling everyday skills that may be difficult for them to communicate or express. At Human Expressions, the benefits of representation for black and brown kids in educational curricula are clear. Increased self-esteem, reducing stereotypes, and increased validation and support. To learn more, go to www.humanexpressions.org. That's human, H-U-E-M-A-N, expressions.org. The second secret word is network. Right on. Um, so, that's cool. So, you, so... You've got the, you've got the, so, so when did you officially kind of become a thing? Okay, so it began, this, this shortly happened, this happened shortly after I passed the exam in March, and I passed mm. March 3rd of last year. Mm. Um, we had this conversation, and then... <laughs> Because I was so laser focused on passing that exam. I couldn't think of anything else. Like I needed to, that was the most important thing I needed to do. Then I can like move on and do other things. So like almost immediately after I passed the exam, that was when I, you know, um, I got connected with, uh, with the handful of behavior analysts. Um, We met, we discussed uh, what we'd like to do. Uh, we considered forming a group because we knew that we needed a community. Um, it started off with, I believe, actually seven of us. And Michelle Bonnet, the behavioralist, Jaquita uh, Lane. Angela Gray, Bryant Antoine, Jessica Chanel, Orson, and Tamisha Bland. Um, 
all of these individuals are great. I could I could talk about all of them. Um, uh, Bryant, again, like a fellow behavior analyst, um, he's someone I consider to be an extraordinary person in our field. Um, Given that only 4.21% of behavior analysts identify as Black, the representation of Black males in our profession is even lower. Um, mm -hmm. Currently, we only have four. We, we only have four members in Mobile. I believe um, Bryant possesses a fascinating background at, uh, as a first-generation Asian American. Um, he has a gentle soul and is the co-founder of the Village Path alongside Jamar Perry. And the Village Path envisions a world where self-identified Black men experience holistic well-being while their mission is to raise awareness, improve access, and promote acceptance of mental wellness within Black communities. Bryant actively leads healing and writing circles and serves as a co-host for the Black Mental Village podcast. He currently shares his own past struggles and traumas, including the experience of loss within his family, um, and said in hopes of inspiring uh, healing in other Black men. And um, in his free time, he enjoys uh, like writing and reading um, eating Caribbean cuisine. He has a great sense of humor and frequently shares jokes on Facebook a lot. And um, he, Brian is, he's been an integral part of Mobile since its inception and he consistently provides support and he's actively participating in meetups and events. He serves as one of the administrators of our, um, or for our Mobile Facebook group Despite his busy schedule, we greatly appreciate and value Brian for his contributions to our community. I got and, uh, I got Brian and Jamara coming on the podcast to talk about all about the village path. I love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those guys, so those deserving. guys are wicked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so deserving. Um, and uh, there's Tamisha Bland. Um, I've seen her name a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so she's a behavior analyst and one of my former supervisors during my field work experience. I've I've had multiple uh supervisors and nice. and, and multiple field work experiences. I think if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um she's been a significant influence on my growth. I learned a great deal from her expertise. Hmm. She shared that she had a positive fieldwork experience and carried forward the valuable lesson she learned. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that was at ABS, that's Applied Behavior Services with Lisa Gilbertson as well. Um, so kudos to Applied Behavior Services. Um, Tamisha Bland played a, she played a, very like a hell of a role. I hope I can curse. I don't know if that was <laughs> in helping me secure additional work opportunities um, for the unrestricted hours when I really mm -hmm. needed it. I I owe much of my current success to her support with that um, and her support. Aside awesome. from 
aside from being a behavior analyst, she's uh talks about this a lot. She's a devoted mother, mm-hmm. a wife, sister, aunt, author, coach, mentor. She's the owner of Regal Behavior Solutions. He authored the book, Take Back Your Peace of Mind, mm-hmm. a guide, a guide to help you understand, prevent, and transform your child's challenging behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, her specialization lies in caregiver training and addressing high-intensity behaviors. Um, with over 40 years of experience in the field, she's uh, been a board-certified behavior analyst for five. And her journey began as a pre-educator working for the special school district. Uh, it was during an ADA training course and one of the self-contained ABA classrooms that she asked the trainer about her title and that trainer responded. She's a board certified behavior analyst. That was when she made realized her purpose and passion. She wanted to become a BCBA. Hmm. Uh, in the summer, like this summer, she has um, a minority owned, woman owned business. Again, like that the Regal Behavior Solutions. Yep. Um, it expanded from offering in-home behavior support and ABA therapy to a center-based behavior support ABA therapy gotcha. setting in the North County area of St. Louis. Um, and although ABA is a growing passion for Tamisha, it doesn't define her, her entire life. Mm-hmm. She values quality time with her kids. She has four amazing kids. She travels, enjoys personal growth and online shopping, lunch dates and podcasts, um, and of course, a good night's sleep. Since the inception of Mobac, Tamisha Bland has been a major contributing, uh, a major contributor leveraging her problem-solving skills and process-oriented approach within the group. Hmm. As a supervisor and a mentor, I consider her to be uh, for me. She's highly intelligent um, and adept for um, figuring things out. I genuinely appreciate her perspective and guidance. She's always there for me. Recently, we needed to create and distribute Mobach t-shirts to members Hmm. across Missouri. And Tamisha promptly identified a vendor. She set up a convenient ordering link and ensured that the shirts would be delivered to our doorsteps. And she excels at finding solutions when faced with challenges. And Tamisha, she holds a special place in my heart. She's just a brilliant and truly, just a truly brilliant, exceptional person. Uh, Jessica Jones. Uh, another one of our founding members of Mobac, uh, joining from day one. Um, she has an impressive background. She worked with the special needs population for 12 years, eight um, of those being educational in an educational setting um, as a BCBA. Her expertise includes offering individualized instruction and her support in behavior and academics for individuals with disabilities. Um, 
her accomplishments have garnered recognition throughout the city. And she has established partnerships with prestigious autism agencies in the St. Louis and St. Charles area. Currently, she provides behavior analytic services for the early childhood special education department in the Ferguson Florissant School District. Um, during her leisure time, she enjoys crafting and watching films, watching TV, uh, and also serving the community through her involvement in the Gamma Omega chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And, um, she lives in Florissant with her husband and uh, her two kids and her dog. And within Mobach, um, Jessica is a very valuable contributor. Uh, she serves as our newsletter editor. And she's the creator of Missouri uh, Mo Behavior Drip. I'm just going to call it. So Mo Behavior Drip is our newsletter. Mm. This is an engaging and unique newsletter that stands out. From the others, I say it highlights relevant topics in ABA and Missouri and helps foster connections uh, within our communities. And Jessica just is super talented and she's committed to make, um, she, she's just a super committed person, a super committed member of our organization. I hold her in high regard. Why is, uh, why is it called Behavior Drip? What's well, the drip Behavior about? Drip, you know what? Because I'm not a cool person, right? So I had to <laughs> ask, like, what is the drip? And actually, my husband knew about that. And I'm like, so drip is actually, uh, it's, it's, oh gosh. So it's, I guess it's the sauce. It's the, the 411, I guess it's equivalent to that. Gotcha. Um, then yeah, so that's the secret sauce, the special sauce. The yeah, but that's what's this is what people currently say. I guess yeah, it's the drip. All right, good. I'm not cool either. And <laughs> I, I think it was on an episode of South Park too. So ah, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Nice, nice, um, nice, nice. Right on. Funny. I love it. No, I I think it's I think it's nice. So no, it's um, a good name. Yeah, it just it rolls off the tongue for sure. It's cool. It does. So, um, so there's also Shaquita Lane, mm. and she's a behavior analyst. She's one of the original founding members of Mobach, joining from the very beginning. She is a true pioneer and a veteran in our field of ABA. Mm. She holds the distinction of being the first and only behavior analyst to establish an ABA clinic in the city of St. Louis. Shaquita values authenticity and takes pride in actively participating in Mobile is both a member and an administrator of our Facebook group. Our, her contributions and expertise are highly respected within the community. And what sets Shaquita apart is her free-spirited nature and refusal to conform to the status quo. So she's driven... She's hardworking. She knows how to enjoy life to the fullest. Jaquia does not want to follow the crowd. She possesses a sharp intellect, a business-oriented mindset, and serves as an excellent mentor. So having someone like her by your side is just <laughs> invaluable. She's a true trailblazer, and she's accomplished 
significant milestones on her own before even being part of this community. Mm. However, it's very gratifying to know that she's now, um, she now has Mobak as an additional support and she no longer has to navigate her journey alone. She holds a special place in the hearts of Mobak members. Shaquia coined the phrase, love this for us, which resonates deeply within our community. I genuinely love Mobot and the principles it stands for. And, and having Shaquita as part of our community only amplifies that sentiment. And Mobot cherishes and uh, cherishes her presence and the unique contributions she brings. And so we also have uh, just so many members. Mm -hmm. There's there's Monica Gillespie, um, also known as Rhea. <laughs> I call her Monica. Uh, mm. She's one of the founding members of Mobach, and she manages the Mobach Life Instagram account. I had the pleasure of meeting Monica during our time in the same cohort at Lindenwood University, and I distinctively remember our first day in class when. We introduced ourselves and shared our aspirations after completing um, school. Um, Monica stood out by expressing her desire to open an exclusive, um, I'm sorry, not an inclusive restaurant for families with IDD. Mm, cool. I, just thought, I know, I, I just thought that that was so astonishing. I'm like, that, for whatever reason, that was what she said, like what she wanted to do stood out to me. And I was truly impressed by her ambitious and remarkable dream. Um, so Monica is also unique. Uh, she works remotely from home and makes monthly visits to a specialized clinic in uh, the Washington, D.C. area. Um, she said that it serves a diverse clientele. Uh, her journey in this field began when she was introduced do it through her younger sister, Jade, and uh, she's on the autism spectrum. And mm -hmm. I'm um, saying this because this is what uh, Monica shared this publicly. So, okay. yeah. Um, so Monica witnessing her sister's life and uh, aspirations inspired her to support families and particularly parents and nurturing hopeful futures for their children with disabilities. Um, it's her passion to serve clients in that meaningful way. And um, during her free time, she enjoys attending networking events. She's really big on that, advocating for mental health among diverse populations and listening to live music. She's also an aspiring doctoral student and the healthcare administration and educational leadership. She envisions holding a director role in uh, DEI while maintaining an entrepreneurship position. And she's disclosed she's only 25. <laughs> and she, she holds deep religious beliefs as well. Hmm. And since our graduation, uh, Monica and I have remained she is a determined go-getter. She's a quick learner. She possesses strong determination 
And I believe that she's destined for great success. And um, she's already far ahead of her age. I often express to her my, my admiration and share advice based on my own experiences, wishing I had her level of insight when I was her age. Um, Monica's advantage lies in her exceptional foresight and drive. Really, uh, really appreciate her. Right on. What are, uh, sounds like lots, lots of cool folks. And I've, I've definitely heard a lot of these names, so it's nice to hear yeah. about some of the stuff they're doing. I'd also, it would probably kill me if I did not highlight everybody or at least just mention their names. I think sure. that's sure. just kind of, okay, sure. Okay. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Oh, okay. This cool. is your platform. Uh, Give her. Oh, that's that's so nice. So, um, Who's next? Okay, so <laughs> we have uh, there's uh, we have Jennifer, and this is going to be more in alphabetical order. Uh, Jennifer uh, Delaport, Toy Esters, Latoya Higgs, Erica McClendon. And she is a behavior analyst that is in uh, the Kansas City area. We have Shamika Big, and she is in Kansas City as well. Ours. We have Sapphire Robinson. Um, she's a provisionally licensed uh, behavior analyst. Um, also, so is Toy. So both Toy and um, Sapphire are, they're kind of in this, I call it a study hole. I remember having a study and you're just kind of like so focused on getting that done that um, you're just really consumed in this needing to focus on that. So um, I'm, I'm hoping and wishing the best for, for both of them. I know that they're going to, they're going to succeed, but right now they are in that um, they are in that study grind right now, and um, totally understand. For, have, for the for the exam, you mean? Mm -hmm. mm. For the, and we have uh, there's Shanda Stokes, Mike Williams. He is the executive director at Optimal Solutions. That he also owns that, and uh, he is in the Kansas City area. We have a handful of people there. I would like to eventually travel out there, um, but we will have the opportunity to meet at the Baba conference. So that's going to be really cool. There's Kaisha Wilson and uh, Melantha Witherspoon. We also have Joshua Jiminson and Wendy Wrightbell. And those are all of the founding members. And we have 22 founding members. Mm. And um, currently we have 32 members in total, possibly 34. We're not, um, I'm saying possibly because um, 
I have not got confirmation that they uh, they are actually numbers. So well, the numbers are going up anyway. So that's yeah, good. they are. No, I yeah, I definitely think that there will be um, plenty of opportunities this year to disseminate Mobac because we became we became public March twentieth. But that oh, was this just year, a, right? Yeah, you're right, yeah. right. So um, not that long ago, yeah. <laughs> right. And so but we all initially got together a year prior uh in March of 2022. This is when we were developing those relationships and um mm. collectively agreed that having a tight um a tight knit community is what we wanted to have. Yeah, so yeah. In the meantime, it's important to form those relationships and uh, just so organic relationships. And we did, and we are um, expanding. So now that we are public, um, we will, I believe, have more opportunities to uh, disseminate um, about Mobac, spread the word. And um, uh, I'm looking forward to all of the opportunities that we'll have this year, and awesome. including including being on this podcast, which I really appreciate. Ben, oh, my pleasure. Um, I'm I'm curious about. Uh, I mean, I know you've only, only been doing this for a couple months. So I mean, as officially, what are sort of some of the sort of activities, things, supports? so on that you kind of have planned to support folks. I know you talked, we, you've talked about the newsletter and uh, the, the behavior drip, and I read the most recent one. I love how she's got it in that kind of uh, page turning app thing. So you can yes. actually looks like you're reading a magazine. It's really cool. It's a really nice newsletter. It's fancy. Um, yes. Lot, lots of good stuff in there. There's some events and stuff in there. I, I mean, folks, I'll, I'll share a link to the newsletter because there are some events actually coming up um, mm -hmm. that, that are, that are sort of mentioned in the newsletter that we don't have to list mm -hmm. out right now, but uh, what what are sort of some of the things you guys are sort of thinking about doing sort of going forward as far as uh, supporting your members and, 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 and events and activities and so on? Okay. Well, uh, definitely continue having fun meetups. Well, we also have to consider that it's the entire state that we're wanting to support. Having virtual meetings is important. Having the, uh, we'll also have virtual game nights which we had. Zigzag is an autism therapy management platform. At its core, Zigzag seamlessly allows management of programs, adding, editing, changing long-term and short-term objectives on the go. Zigzag makes data collection super easy for therapists on-site and automatically calculates progress, providing you with session summaries and graphs in real time. Zigzag provides you the ability to manage all of your clients, whether they be center or home-based, and work with all the various therapists and parents seamlessly. Zigzag is based in Vancouver, British Columbia, and is fully compliant with both federal and provincial privacy requirements. Book a demo now at www.zigzagkid.com forward slash product demo and get a free 30-day trial. The third secret word is collaborate. When you okay. have these, when you have sort of these regular meetups, are these virtual meetups or these in person? And and are they? Do you have separate ones for different regions? Like how does that all work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have uh, right. So that's 
So that's something that we're that we're working on. So we we do have in-person meetups and um those mostly take place in St. Louis for now only mm-hmm. because the majority of the members are concentrated in the St. Louis area. Gotcha. And we are honestly like just now making more connections and identifying additional people that are in other areas. Like we have uh, individuals in Kansas city or behavior analysts in Kansas city. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I'd like to, I'd like to set up a meetup there because we also have founding members here that would like to travel out there to meet up with Mm -hmm. the um, behavior analysts over there. Um, so I'm hoping in the fall sometime we'll do that because we already have this trip planned to Baba next month. So potentially in August or like October or something like that, um, we'll try to head out to Kansas City. Um, mm. So we also have virtual meetings mm-hmm. and the virtual meetings well, well, all of the meetings uh, welcomes all of the members. The virtual meetings are more of the meetings that would uh, that encourage all of, it encourages all of us to join um, because it's just more convenient and easier. Um, I think that having the the virtual game nights mm-hmm. are helpful. Um, it's a way to stay connected. Um, it it. I don't know. It just promotes more collaboration and camaraderie. It's fun. Um, the first, the inaugural one that we had, it was pajama themed. Mm-hmm. We have drinks. Uh, we played games, uh, and and it was really fun. Um, it's also prizes. Yeah, it, it was really neat. So um, for now, it's uh, Mobak only. But we'd like to expand that out to um, the communities outside of Mobox so that there would be more networking opportunities. And I didn't know that virtual game nights, I didn't know that people actually get paid to do those things. Like, I really? that, yeah, people can get paid like $300, $400 to host a virtual game night. And I'm yeah. like, Okay, so I have to figure out how. To, um, so, I I had to figure out how to like lead and do all of that, but it was it was really fun. But to become a professional at it, that would be awesome. Uh, that that's yeah, that's actually yeah. a side hustle that people are doing. I, I, um, wow! But but it was really really fun. I know, right? But it, that probably uh, came about after the pandemic when mm. too many options to. Uh, and networking, stay connected with people. So yes, so fun meetups. Um, we have those every month. The virtual meetings, we have. I I'd, I'd like for us to have more of those virtual game nights, and then we also have more of the formal meetings where we where we regroup and discuss our needs and where we're at and progress. Um, I think, let's say, like in the future, obviously right now, our our goal is to build qualitative strength and relationships within the group. I 
also like for us to be able to recruit and on and onboard new members and expand our community's reach and impact. I'd like for us to collaborate with local organizations and plan to promote community events mm-hmm. aimed at increasing awareness of behavior and anal- uh, behavior analysis and its impact on underrepresented populations. I'd like for us to develop partnerships with local universities. And I'd also like MOBAC to act as a liaison uh, for the larger behavior analysis community and fostering partnerships and promoting collaboration. Um, I'd also like for us to engage in advocacy efforts to promote awareness of the needs and challenges facing underrepresented populations within the behavior analysis community. Mm. These are future things that I'd I'd like for us to do. I foresee that along with the opportunities we might be having. It's all pretty exciting. That's awesome. Uh, So you're, uh, you said you're heading to BABA this year to the conference. Um, yes. Uh, a lot of you going? Yeah, I'd say, uh, at, I believe 12 to 14. I don't know why the number 14 is in my head right now. Yeah. I think I have the list. 14. You know what? It might be 13 because Jennifer is going. Um, well, she's attending virtually, right? right. So 13 of us um, will be attending. That's and that, awesome. yeah, that's that's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Y'all, y'all traveling together? and I believe some of us are. I know yeah. that it, it just depends on the flights and everything. Now, no, we, yeah, we yeah. all didn't um, purchase our plane tickets or anything, or anything together. Um, some of us are still looking for lodging. It's a pretty... Um, I don't know. It's it, you know, it gets a little pricey. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Uh, but then we also have a month still. So I think people are starting to um kind of collectively get together and figure out where they're going to go. I know that Baba had um sent out some like helpful information on, yeah. on uh lodging places including the hotel that's connected to the conference, uh, but also Black Airbnbs. And I think a lot of members in MOBAC are interested in um, kind of roommating and, and doing something like that. We'll see how that goes. Um, I I already have my uh, stuff covered. I'll be staying at the hotel that's connected nice. to the conference. Um, nice. Know that uh, I believe that Sin and I, and I believe Kaisha, uh, will be flying in together. Um, but as far as uh, everyone else, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. But sure, sure. thirteen so, of us. <laughs> so, uh, so will I? Will 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 I be able to see y'all in Mobach t-shirts? So I know who's who and where you're from and that sort of thing. Or that would that would be really nice. I I hope so. I'm going to be yeah. wearing my shirt. Yeah, I'm yeah. Pretty sure a handful of us are going to be wearing the shirts. That that would be nice. Nice. Well, maybe maybe we can have a little uh, Mobach chat chat. So uh, when I'm going down there, I'm bringing um, I'm bringing a portable. Uh, 
uh, recorder and a bunch of microphones. Um, so we can kind of record on the fly, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just, just conversations, not necessarily whole podcasts, but just discussions, you know, uh, comments, yeah. thoughts, uh, opinions of, of events and, you know, and experiences and so on and so forth. So it might be fun to have a little mobile chat while we're down there. I think that would be really cool. No, that would be very exciting. I, nice. I think the members would really enjoy that. Awesome. Well, we'll make it happen. Uh, right. Cool. Uh, well, anything else you kind of want to talk about, Mobach, before we kind of wrap it up here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I. So, with this being um, more of a uh, not exactly a new endeavor, but it it is one that that I'm working on, um, and I have I have uh, different mentors. Yep. that help in different areas and i think having that is very important mm-hmm. I, I do want to um give a shout out to uh dr brandon may um mm. he's a behavior analyst i uh, served as one of my field work supervisors again like i had a lot of supervisors yeah, he served awesome. as one of my field work supervisors prior to my board certification Mm -hmm. And he continues to be a mentor to me and he exemplifies great discipline as he effectively manages multiple projects and initiatives. We share common values and experiences because we're both parents of children uh, or a a child with autism, both Mm -hmm. parents, multiple kids, a child with autism. Mm -hmm. Dr. Brandon May is uh, not only the CEO and founder of Elite ABA Services, but also the clinical director at the Early Strides Clinic, which focuses on providing services for Black children with mm. autism. Oh, so cool. starting, yeah, starting in 2019, the Stewart Family Foundation began funding this program. And after realizing that Receiving an autism diagnosis did not lead to increased access to services or improved outcomes for mm-hmm. Black children. The clinic received approval for funding for the next three years and is currently seeking suitable spaces to operate. And while they previously provided services in their child psychiatry clinic, it's uh, it wasn't an ideal environment for early intervention work. Therefore, they're actively seeking partnerships with organizations that share similar, uh, that share a similar mission and already have the necessary infrastructure in place, such as child care centers and such. Um, Mm. So when I talk about like filling in some of the gaps, um, I do hope that Mobach could aid in things in situations like that Again, we're new. Um, we need time to grow and be stronger. Um, it would be nice to have more representation out there to support that population. Um, mm. It's just uh, one of it's just one of the endeavors that I'd like to pursue uh, down the road overall. Supporting our communities, the betterment of our communities is what uh, 
the vision is. And it's just, it, it just takes baby steps to get there, but I'm pretty determined that we'll get there with, uh, with aggressive patience, just every day, just working at it. Right on. Cool, Kelly. Cool. Well, Mobox sounds awesome. I hope uh, it inspires other folks. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you're having conversations with Baba this year from folks from other states wondering how they could do the same. Because, uh, I, you know, I, I bet you there's a lot of states that would like to bring, you know, uh, like-minded folks a little closer together. Baba's great to have, but a, a national uh, organization, is it, it, it's, 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 it's tough to network in person sometimes, except at the conference, of course. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a no. The, going to Baba, it's last year when I went, it was a very good experience for me. I, mm-hmm. I, it was the most euphoric thing ever. I, wow, that one is hard to explain. It was kind yeah, of like yeah. after after I left Baba, I was on this euphoric mm-hmm. whatever that was that elevation That's for awesome. months afterwards. Wow, like, That's crazy. Um, so having that in your neighborhood, like having that in your own state is just yeah. that important. I just, I, I'm very thankful that I went there. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's this picture of me, Sin, McDonald, and Chiquita Lane together yep. at, at Mobach. We, we were three behavior analysts from St. Louis, and I mm. hope I'm not... Hope I'm not um, like forgetting anyone. I don't think any of our founding members or anyone in our group. I don't think anyone else was there. Mm. But if there are any other behavior analysis professionals or students that are interested, um, I do want to, I guess, uh, share how to join. But going back to that picture. That was taken over a year ago. And it's like, mm. okay, so it's the three of us. And now there's going to be 13 of us going there. Yeah. So it's like that exponential growth would be nice to see the next year. Like, just imagine how right. it can next year. I think we're going to have so many more opportunities to grow. It's, it's really exciting. Um even connecting with other disciplines. Um, mm. There's, oh, I don't, I, there's the Black, um, the Black Psychologist Summit. There was that the, first. The School Psych Summit, yeah. The School Psych Summit. Do you know yeah. how, like, also, like, seeing them make history is such a big deal. That when I saw that and got connected, um, Honestly, I found out about that through you right. um, because you're an awesome behavior analyst highlighting people, highlighting resources. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like how would people know that this exists if it's not highlighted? So I, I think it's very important to always highlight so then people would know that the resource exists. Um, so after finding about finding out about that summit, um, my next thought was, wow, who who went there that mm-hmm. is from Missouri? Right. Like, 
where are the Missouri stars? Like we need to connect with those people. It would just be just it would just be really nice to uh continue on with collaboration and networking having those relationships uh, would be beneficial to the communities as a whole because we're all learning from each other anyways. It's just um, just very empowering. So I, I, I like to see a lot of the uh, a lot of history being made. And for Mobac, I'm hoping that we are putting Missouri on the map. Um, it is one place that I think, would benefit from a support system that's unique like us because it's needed, but it, it truly is. Um, so there are multiple ways to join Mobac and the Skinner throughout. We have our, you can find out information and um, get details on how to join by checking out our website. Yep. That's mobac.org. That's M-O- bbac.org. It includes all of the links to the Facebook group and Instagram. Also information about the founding members um, as our mission, vision, and values. Um, a short snippet of how mm-hmm. we came about. Um, it also includes the Mo Behavior Drip and methods to uh, join the newsletter. There will also be um, there will also be a space for um, outside agencies wanting to possibly promote their uh, their work and employment through a submission process. Currently, when you check out the newsletter, it has um, some of the information, but typically that's being generated from within the group. Um, gotcha. But we are working on processes that are more efficient. Um, so they just we need we need patience and time. Nobody's getting paid here. Just you know, everybody is no, exactly because they they want to. It's not not getting paid to do stuff. It's just it's amazing how when there's that feeling of community and need and just wanting to support, um, just out of the kindness of your heart, and that it's intrinsic. It's an intrinsic need. I mean, that give and take, it's just what I love it. Um, mm. So there's also the Instagram and uh, there's an Instagram we have is at Mobach Life, M-O-B-B-A-C-L-I-F-E. Um, and uh, the creator is Monica Gillespie, a.k.a. Rhea. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and the yeah, the newsletter, the website, the Instagram, and our Facebook group. Uh, and our Facebook group can easily be looked up as well if you uh, just type in Mobot. Or again, you can go to the website. Awesome. Well, I'm going to have links to everything in the show notes so people will find things real easy. And uh, uh, and links to a lot of things. You, 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 you dropped a lot of gems today, so we'll 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 find all of the the links to everybody and everywhere, and share all that in there too. And uh, yeah, fabulous fabulous work so far. Two months in and just rocking. Uh, can't wait to uh, come down to Baba and meet all of you and uh, 
hopefully, um, you know, uh, follow up a little later when more cool things are happening. <laughs> that will be really nice. I'm very excited about next month and, and yeah. meeting up with you and going to Bob. It's going to, I'm just excited about all of the things that will be happening this year. It's just yeah. so many different things. I, I love it. Brilliant. Well, Kelly, thanks for coming to the podcast. Super fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity having me on here, highlighting Mobach, uh, allowing me the opportunity to highlight so many like-minded people that want to make major impact and contribute. These are really great, awesome, talented people. And also highlighting more clinicians that we have in Missouri and resources. I just hope that people can recognize that Missouri is just one of those places where we're moving ahead. We have a lot of resources available here. We have a lot of uh, potential here with Mm -hmm. so many clinicians just wanting to make change and we're ready. So Awesome. Super cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Kelly. Thank you. All right.